You are listening to the Ditch the Budget podcast, and I'm your host, Heidi Ramore. I'm a wife, a mom of two young boys, and I've spent the last 17 years in financial services as a licensed financial planner, insurance specialist, and debt crusher. My goal is to show you that there's more to life than counting calories and paying bills, and that you truly can get out of debt and build wealth without the restrictive budgets and complicated spreadsheets. So if you're ready to reduce your financial stress and truly live the life of your dreams, then tune in and let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Ditch the Budget podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ditch the Budget podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Rumor, and I don't know where this episode is going to go, but this has been on my heart for a little while to speak to you all about uh, this whole notion of how good can it get? And I was really led down this path by my coach, Heather, who I talk about all the time, but she's really been instrumental in just some changes that I've implemented, not only in my personal life, but also in my business. And I never really realized that there was a glass ceiling that I had. I was somebody who felt like I could do anything that I wanted to, right? I went away to university, which was in my small town. A lot of people went to the local university. Uh, I went away. So So did others, but I went away like five hours away from home. I'd never really been away. Obviously, at that point, I was 18. I'd never been away really at all by myself. So that was a big, big change and something that wasn't necessarily normal. I was the first in my family to go to university. And so that was kind of a big deal. I always felt like girls could do whatever boys could do. And even better. So I never had, I never grew up thinking that I had any sort of limiting beliefs. And what I've come to realize is that I have a lot, a lot of them that are so subconscious that unless you are willing to dive into them, you might not even know that they're there. And part of this was evidenced by, you know, this past weekend, I got to meet my new nephew who was born. Hopefully I'm allowed to say that. So I'm an auntie for the first time and I'm so excited. So I got to meet my new nephew and spent some time with my family. And, you know, my dad and I had this awesome conversation. We stayed up to like three o'clock in the morning talking and it really was around just life in general, some stuff that's happening right now in the world. wonder if you could guess what it is. But also we talked about business and investing and things like that. And I grew up in a very blue collar family. We never felt like we wanted for anything. So what I mean by that was our my parents did an amazing job of providing for us. I was able to participate at a very high level in basketball, which I know cost so much money. And at the time, I didn't realize that my parents were actually probably really struggling to make that happen for me. You know, we just, we grew up very middle class, right? I never felt like we didn't have money, but I never felt like we had lots of it, right? So very, very typical childhood, I guess you would say. We never, we never went without, but we also didn't have the brand name clothing. And, you know, I had like maybe one pair of Calvin Klein jeans and that was it. Right. And that's okay. And that, that it shapes a lot of who I am. But one of the conversations that my dad and I had was around business. And I shared with him some business goals that I had that are big and scary and probably more money than he can even 
fathom as a possibility. And when we started talking, we started talking a little bit about real estate investing and I'm just dabbling into this. We have an investment property. We're looking to get more. And I'm like really opening my mind to different ways of solving a problem that might not be traditional in nature. And to some people, it feels risky. And to other people, they're like, yeah, why aren't you doing, why weren't you doing this 10 years ago? So there's this whole spectrum of your comfort level around some choices that you make in life. And for me, this is particular to real estate investing. So I was sharing with my dad, you know, an opportunity that I had been exposed to that I thought sounded really interesting, wanted to get his thoughts on it. And, you know, my dad out of love, out of protection, all the things that, you know, my dad has never been somebody to squash my dreams, but he doesn't necessarily always come from it from a place of understanding. So I don't think he really truly understands what I'm doing. I think if you were to ask him, what does your daughter do for a living? He probably has no idea. He probably just thinks I sell insurance and that's all I do. But little does he know that's a small piece of what I do for clients. So he's always been very good at being a sounding board and very savvy in business as a business owner himself. So Long story short, we have this conversation and he's like poking holes in it, right? He's like, yeah, it doesn't really work like that. Or you know what? That I don't know about that. That sounds too good to be true. And what I've learned is that if it's too good to be true, it probably is, right? And I'm sure all of us at some point have had that feedback or have felt that way at some point. And there's some truth to that for sure. I'm not talking about being dumb with my money, but at the same time, I'm in a very different point in my life than my dad is, right? My dad is 66. I'm turning 40 in a week, which is crazy. Um, I have more time to potentially make some mistakes along the way. And what was very interesting around our approaches to this, and this is a very long story, so I'm sorry about that, but uh, welcome to Heidi telling a story. So part of our conversation was him poking holes in it and almost approaching it in a way of how I can't do do it. And it doesn't work that way. And almost like they're there, dear, although he didn't mean it that way. That's a little bit how that felt was, oh, Heidi, you have, you just in for a rude awakening, right? And that was part of our conversation. And so I left that conversation, not defeated, almost more fired up to show him like, you just watch me, like just watch and wait. But I will say that when I reflected on our conversation, I just found it really interesting at the stage that I'm in now. And this has taken a couple of years of doing some really emotional, heavy work around my childhood, my, and my childhood was amazing. But I think we all have childhood traumas regardless of who we are, there's little experiences in your life that you carry with you and you're not even sure why. Um, And then they manifest and they present itself later on in life. So dealing with some stuff in my childhood, I shared a little bit about that on my, in my Instagram, just being tall. Like, you know, I think when people think about trauma, they think about, oh, somebody getting like being physically abused or having like going through this like huge traumatic thing when, In in actuality, a lot of us are carrying around these little traumas that we're not even aware that we did, that we that that we have. And so for me, I'm I'm 5'11, 
always been tall. I think I was 5'11 in grade seven. So I was a very tall girl. And, you know, I shared in my, on my wall that in my Instagram at Heidi Rumor, if you're not following me, there's your opportunity, a little, little name drop. So I shared in on that post about how being tall and just wanting to be in the background. I'd won a bunch of things. I was teased a little bit harmlessly, but it really did shape a lot of my adulthood and my, you know, my teenage years and really trying to slip into the background. I remember every photo we took with my girlfriends, I always wanted to be in the background, always had to be like covered in some way so nobody could see how tall I was. I was always slumped over. My posture was terrible. There was just so many things that I can go on and on and on about that, but it just wasn't, I I was never one that celebrated my height. I always wished I was shorter. I could never find pants long enough. Like the list goes on and on. And so all of those little childhood traumas, I've done a lot of work around. I've invested in coaching, a lot of money in coaching, because that has really got me to the place that I am today. And I guarantee you that I would not have the thriving business that I have today without those mentors along the way. I had to really get my money mindset on right and and really step into receiving money and, you know, charge what you're worth is like such a load of bullshit. But it's like, what are you worth? Like, if you don't know what you're worth, how are you going to charge what you're worth? And if I charged what I was worth, nobody could afford it. Haha. <laughs> but what I'm, what, so long story short, my dad was approaching it from a way of that's not possible. It can't be like that. It's too good to be true. And I was approaching it from a place of how can I, how can I? And I think a lot of that um, translates into our life. You know, are we maybe saying no to something because we don't believe that number one, we deserve it. Number two, we can afford it. Number three, that we're supposed to have it. You know, I'm a small town girl. I'm not supposed to make a million dollars. I'm not supposed to make $10 million. I'm not supposed to make a hundred million dollars. And who says that, right? And I never thought that I had those glass ceilings, but I really do because of models that I've had along the way, like role models, um, I talked about this before, wealthy women that were in my family and in my life weren't necessarily always the greatest people. And, you know, I did equate a lot of money and wealth to being bad. Like those are bad people. You know, they're not very kind. They're not generous. And maybe they were, but that's not what I was seeing. So money to me was something that, oh, like if I got it, like I wanted to release it right away. And it took some work on that and on myself probably like 10, 15 years ago. So my journey started a long time ago to start healing some of these things. But really in the last two, three years, stepping into that, how good can it get? Can I have a house cleaner come in once a week, twice a week even? Oh my gosh. Like if I had somebody come in twice a week, ah, that would be amazing. Not there yet. We're once a month. We have somebody come in and help us with that. If I could have somebody come and meal prep for me and, you know, not just I'm talking, have a physical person come in my kitchen and do the stuff that I just don't want to do. And I don't feel like I have the time for, nor do I feel like that's in my wheelhouse of things that I enjoy doing. And I really want to focus in on the things that I enjoy doing. How good can it get? 
and approaching it from that lens versus, oh, Heidi, you can't have a personal chef come in your house. What is that going to say about you? What is that like broadcasting to the world about who you think you are? It's like, it has nothing to do with that. And I think putting your blinders on and really staying in your lane and really figuring out what does that actually mean to me? If you are somebody that is looking to achieve that for status, that's a different conversation. For me, having a personal chef come into my house, and I'm not there yet. I don't profess to be there yet, but I'm working my way to that because for me, that's something that is really going to help our family just thrive and function better. If I don't have to worry about meals and I'm in this season of health and business building, I really want to get to certain goals, especially on the health side. And that means I need to be fueling my body properly. And when I'm sitting here at my desk for hours on end and just so, because I love what I do, I just lose track of time. And then before you know it, it's time to go pick up the kids and I haven't even eaten yet. That happens so often. And if I had somebody like, here's your lunch. Oh my gosh, that would be like amazing. Not because of the status of what that means, to outside people, I don't give a shit what people think. Honestly, like I'm at that point now where it's, I don't, it's not about that. It's not about the status of that. And for other people, they might not believe me and I don't really care. Honestly, for me, what does that mean? If, if I achieve that level of wealth that I can afford to have that and it's, it's easy, it's abundant, it feels good. I'm employing somebody, I'm helping somebody's family. You know, I look at it in that manner, that by me employing a personal chef, that is giving somebody livelihood, that is giving their kids, you know, livelihood. So I just feel like there's more to it. And if I can approach it as how good can it get, I think it benefits not only me, but benefits my husband, benefits my kids, benefits my community in ways that I cannot even dream about. I've talked about this before, but one of the parts for me of becoming a wealthy woman is, and being a wealthy woman is giving back on a massive scale. I'm not talking about, you know, 50 bucks a month, hundred dollars a month, or when a GoFundMe comes across my desk to be able to pay for it. You know, I, there's a woman that I've been exposed to who she's just going through a really tough time. And I wish I could write her a check and just say, here you go. You don't have to worry here you go. I've got you. That is what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about, you know, a little like doing that one time and pat myself on the back. I did a good deed. I'm talking about doing that consistently over and over and over again, because that is how I believe I leave a legacy in this world. You might have different goals. You might have different dreams and that's okay. But whatever they are, I want you to put your blinders on. I want you to spend in alignment with those goals And I want you to really push yourself in thinking, how good can it get? Next weekend, I am going away for my birthday for two nights. I have two days worth of spa and massages and a head rub. And I don't even know what else I booked. And it felt really, I felt really guilty, really selfish when I was planning this. And then again, it's why was I feeling that way? Well, I was feeling that way because, well, how, how dare you try and spend your 40th birthday without your kids? Like, that's kind of selfish. These are all the stories that were going on in my head. 
Meanwhile, I can still celebrate with them on a Saturday. They have no idea what day my birthday is, right? So it's all of these different stories that we tell ourselves. And when I really stepped back and I looked at it and I said, how good can it get? I want to step into my 40s. I'm excited to be into my 40s. I learned a lot during my 30s and I just can't wait to see what happens during my 40s. I'm super, super pumped and excited for it. So it has nothing to do with that. But when I looked at and when I envisioned that event, you know, I I did see it surrounded with friends and family, but on the beaches of Mexico, because that can't happen, I am really stepping into, okay, well, that can't happen. That's okay. What can I do? And what is going to make me feel good? And what's going to make me feel good is really putting myself first. So from the outside looking in, that might look really selfish. But again, I have my blinders on. I know what my goals are. I need to rest and recharge. I need to rest and recharge. I was somebody who would do a workout program and not take those rest days because it was like, well, no, I'm not going to take a rest day. If I stop, I'm going to have a hard time starting again, which was true. But that rest is so important and that recharge your batteries and it should be done on a daily basis, not just on your birthday, which again, how good can it get? How often can I do something like this? That is what I'm stepping into. So I really encourage you all put your blinders on journal, do the hard work, invest in people that can, that are a few steps ahead of you that can get you where you want to get to, regardless of what your goals are. If your goals are health and fitness, you need a health and fitness coach. If your goals are money, you need a money coach. I'm here. Um, If your goals are parenting, you need a parenting coach. If your goals are how to run, open a business and run a business, then hire a business coach. If your goal is to not feel so stressed in life and on the verge of burnout, then go hire a life coach. There are so many different avenues for you, but it takes those steps and it takes faith in somebody that you connect with. If you feel a connection with somebody, get on their calendar, pick their brain. A lot of people, a lot of professionals have, you know, a 15 minute call that can see if it makes sense to work together. I know I have that, which actually in the show notes of today's episode, you can go and book a call with me. It's a 15 minute clarity call. And we'll just talk about your goals. We'll talk about what's holding you back and I'll see if I can help. And if I can't, I'll direct you somewhere that I think can help you. But if I can, oh my gosh, we're going to make magic together. So How good can it get? Put your blinders on, define what it means, and just start taking those micro, micro actions and habits towards how good can it get. Hope everybody has an awesome rest of your day. We'll see you in the next episode of the Ditch the Budget podcast. Bye, everyone. If you found today's episode valuable, please take a screenshot, throw it up on your stories, tag me at Heidi Ramore. DM me on Instagram, find me on Facebook. I am here for all of the things. And I will see you next time on the next episode of Ditch the Budget. 